Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Jay Harvey. How are you, Jim? Hey, Jay, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. You know, it's my understanding, Jay, that you have not so long ago just crossed a threshold. I have. I mean, you have walked the line. You have put on the robe. You have graduated from what? I have graduated from the online master's program at Anderson University. And uh, that means I get to call myself, I guess, a master of arts and Christian ministry with a emphasis in pastoring, but that's a mouthful. So uh, I'll just continue to call myself Jay. There's an acronym there, but we're not going to explore it. <laughs> but congratulations, Jay. Thank we don't you. want this broadcast to go by without uh, acknowledging that's no small achievement. Thank Good you, job. Jim. Well done. Thank you. And, uh, you know, now that you have kind of closed that chapter of postgraduate work, and who knows where you'll go in the future with your education, but for now a chapter closed, you, you're kind of on a new page. That's the way it is when you're in the commencement season. <laughs> you know, you, you walk into a new world, no more books heavy on the backpack. That's right. Uh, you're free, as it were, to take that knowledge and explore. In fact, you know what I'm going to challenge you, Jay? I'm going to yes. challenge you to get out of your box. Okay. Just get out of that narrow confine of the heavy grunt labor of graduate school. And you are balancing that with a full-time job in pastoral ministry. You have a family. Yes. I just want you to get out out of the box, Jay. It's perfect timing, Jim. I'm so ready to get out of the box. You're right. <laughs> well, and that whole phrase, out of the box, has been our series here at Viewpoint for the last few weeks about how all of us in life find ourselves sometimes confined by the familiar. We, we have a routine. We have a ritual, maybe. We have a kind of ordinary course, and it can all be good. But life is always growing at the edges. It's the way in which we are stretched sometimes in life that causes us to grow most. And it's my predicate that when you walk with Jesus, he will never leave you in the same place he finds you. You're always going to be pushed. You're going to be nudged. You're going to be called. You're going to be beckoned. You're going to be stretched out of your comfort zone. And we've been pursuing this theme by studying the Acts of the Apostles because in the first century Christian church, in that first century of the Christian era, the believers, those who understood Jesus as Lord, were always being forced out of the box. They were always being stretched. You'd think it was enough to have walked with Jesus, let's say, for Peter or James or John. It would have been enough to have just walked with Jesus and have your eyes bug out watching him <laughs> do the things he did or maybe have your heart beat fast hearing the things he mm. said, mm. to watch Jesus heal others, actually himself come back from the grave. I mean, is there any more box than that? <laughs> How do you yeah. stretch past that? And yet, in the Acts of the Apostles, they found themselves stretched still. And so here we are, Jay, you and I, you in a new chapter of life. We're talking about getting out of the box and really finding life. Stay with us. As we're talking about getting out of the box, we've been studying the Acts of the Apostles, this phenomenal history that is both history and supernatural revelation penned by, we believe, the physician Luke, who wrote the gospel that also bears his name. And Luke's gospel and the Acts of the Apostles are actually two books uh, side by side, each one a part of the other. And Acts is the sequel. It's the, uh, the film that follows up the first one in Luke's gospel. And in the Acts of the Apostles, we have this incredible narrative of people who follow Jesus. Some of them knew Jesus personally in the flesh. Others didn't know him personally in the flesh when he walked in this world, but came to believe in him after he ascended to heaven. And today, Jay, I'm just fascinated by this story in Acts chapter 12. 
It's, it's got a lot of drama. This is right out of NCIS. This is right, right out of some kind of reality channel in a way. I mean, I don't mean to diminish it, but the narrative, the history, the events recorded are so beyond our ordinary that well, it just gives you pause to wonder. Mm-hmm. And let's just dive right in. This is Acts chapter 12, beginning with verse 6, and it's a story about Peter. Peter, famously one of the 12 disciples, a man who knew Jesus, who loved Jesus, who followed Jesus, a man given to bold and daring exploits for Jesus, but he finds himself locked up because he just won't back down from preaching Jesus, and the authorities of his time don't like that. Mm -hmm. So he's locked up, and this story tells about what happens next. You know what, Jay, as we're looking at the story, why don't you start with verse 6 and uh, take it down to verse 10, and then I'll follow off with the last. Oh, my pleasure, Jim. Acts 12, and yeah, starting in verse 6, says, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell, following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. At verse 11, the story continues. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. But when she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. I bet they were. When we come back, Jay, let's talk about how these characters on the stage of history, and I believe they're real flesh and blood, Peter and Rhoda and the mother of John Mark and the people gathered in her house for a Bible study, all of these people lived in real time, and all of them were in this most remarkable evening forced out of their box. We'll be right back.
Jay, let's talk about Peter. Simon Peter, famously called mm-hmm. by Jesus to be one of his 12 disciples. If you think about Peter's life, he was constantly forced out of his box. I mean, That's can right. you think of a, of a scenario in his life where he's thinking, you know, it's just going to be this way, and then suddenly the Lord surprises him, and it has to be some other different way. Oh, all to, the time. With he has Peter. to make a choice. All the time with Peter. The Mount of Transfiguration, he calls him the Christ, and then tries to prevent him from going to the cross, and he, Jesus calls him Satan. It was a constant battle <laughs> to not settle with Peter, not to think that he had everything figured out. And Peter always wanted to think he had it figured out. Right. I mean, and that's human nature, isn't it? I think Peter's one of those people in history with whom we can all at some point identify, because we think we have it figured out. We think we know the answers. We've got the frame, the context. Jesus has a bigger frame and a bigger context, and he's always challenging Peter to get out of his smaller frame 
get out of his box and look at a bigger picture. Mm. And wow, is that a lesson for all of us in life? We all need to be careful that we don't just run ahead to a conclusion or dig in our heels when we may not have the whole picture. Certainly, we don't have everything God has as our own life unfolds. But as we read this passage in Acts chapter 12, Peter has seemingly graduated, if you will, to use your own journey. Right. He's mm-hmm. graduated out of the grad school with Jesus, where he was walking with him in Galilee and Judea, and he's learned so much. Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit has fallen on the disciples. Peter's a guy who preaches at Pentecost. He has really got it now, doesn't he? He does. He <laughs> thinks he does. That's right. And now here we are. Peter's in jail. He doesn't seem to be so disturbed about being in jail, or at least the Scripture's record of his jail experience isn't about him whining and complaining about, why did this happen to me? I'm playing by the rules. How could this happen? We don't have any evidence of that. But his deliverance becomes the place where he has to grow. Mm. And so as we see him in a tight spot, and this is where, again, the scripture is about real life because all of us know what it is to be in a difficult place. We may not be imprisoned. We may not actually have iron bars that surround us. We may not have Roman guards that confine us to a space or a room. But all of us know what it is sometime to have our back against a wall, or maybe to feel like we're in a corner from which there's no escape, or we're facing a circumstance, and there just doesn't seem to be any remedy. There's no answer. We're trapped. Mm -hmm. And it's there where God often is stretching us to get out of our box. And in this case, Peter finds himself asleep, chained to guards and so on, and he's confronted with an angel. Now, here's the first out of the box. Jay, Yes. can you imagine an angel intervening uh, (laughs) in your circumstance, in any moment of your life where you just feel like, I don't know what to do next, I'm trapped? Yeah, I think this is so fascinating, especially with the, the Scripture being so specific, to tell us that he was asleep because it plays into the rest of the Scripture where he said he thought he was having a vision or perhaps a dream. And so either he had succumbed to the fact that he was going to be placed on trial, he wasn't waiting for God, he was asleep. The angel had to wake him up. And so he's in this state, seeing what's happening, but not sure if he's having a dream or not. But then it does go on to say he finally came to his senses and said, it's really true. And it's at that moment that I think so many people are wanting to capture what they've just learned about how God can draw us out of our box and uh, the new ways that He can pay for us. We want to capture that. We want to box that so that we can use it again. But that's where everything goes awry. It's God doing this work. He will always stretch. He will always make new ways for us and call us out of the box until the next time we have to do that as well. And as you just Talking about Peter's intersection with this angel, I think the whole idea of angels is an out-of-the-box experience. Absolutely. Because we're not accustomed to imagining that there are, in fact, angelic beings who are created by God, and they are his messengers. The word angel means messenger. A messenger from God appears in the cell with Peter, surrounded by light, often a phenomenon when an angel appears. And the presumption is, from the scriptural context, that when you come from the presence of the living God you are filled with light. In any case, as, as he sees this angel, he's perplexed. He thinks it's a dream. In life, don't be surprised. Uh, be willing to live outside of your box mm. and understand that maybe God is, is intervening in your course with an angel, an angelic being. Now, that angel may not be surrounded by light, and don't try and find the angel with the big wings on the back like you <laughs> saw in some painting at a Christian bookstore. No, 
God might be sending an angel to help you out of your desperate situation, and you need to recognize it is the messenger of God. I just, this weekend, Jay was talking to a man who was describing some experiences in his own life growing up and how godly his parents were and how they depended on God and how they went through a season of great economic distress. And he lived in Michigan, and he was telling me how they didn't have any fuel in their tank. The house in which they lived, Mm. you know, there was a a delivery of, of oil that came to fill up the tank, which would feed the furnace and give them heat. Well, everyone knows Michigan can have a severe winter. He is a young boy, 10, 12 years old, and he said they didn't have any money to buy fuel. And he was so impressed, he said, watching his parents pray, but they had no idea what they were going to do and how his dad was was stocking up wood to feed the fireplace, to heat the whole house for the whole family, and how they were trying, his mom was trying to get blankets and things, you know, so they could survive in this frigid winter because they simply had no way to get fuel. Now, this guy is a bit younger than me. He's talking about 1960s Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then he said... His parents would just pray about, Lord, help us get through this. There's no way out. We don't have any money. We have no prospect of funds, and we have nowhere to turn for it. Just help us survive the cold until we get the next paycheck or whatever it was. And then someone down the street called for help in another scenario, but his dad was kind of handy. And so he remembers his dad. They didn't have heat. They weren't sure what they were going to do. His dad goes down the street to help the widow woman down the street fix something in her context. And while he was gone... A man came up and said, I have a delivery of oil for you. Wow. And, and filled up their tank, and he didn't know who it was, and nobody knew who it was, and they've never been able to find out who it was. Oh. And he was just telling me this last weekend. He said, I've grown up believing that God answers prayer, and sometimes he does it by sending an angel. And the person that helped you may, in fact, be an angel. The scripture tells us you can entertain angels unaware, not even be aware of it. Abraham did that. That's what the story of Genesis is. Abram then, before he was renamed Abraham, had angels in his house and he didn't understand it for a while. Mm. In this case, we all have to understand that God may call us out of our box and to simply acknowledge that helping hand, that intervention, that relief, that being, that person was actually an angel of God. Don't deny the probability, the possibility, the likelihood that if you're faithful, you're praying, you're seeking God's help, he may deliver you with an angel. And that, my friends, is out of the box. I, I love stories like that, and, and I never get tired of hearing them. And I know that they're not always going to happen to me or to somebody that I know, but I believe them, and I know that they're true. And I think that there's a consistent message with those types of stories. If, if, if you look at the scripture that we read in somewhere around verse 7, the angel said, quick, get up. And then the chains fell off his wrists. And sometimes when God calls us out of the box, he calls us to to action first. Um, And and there's some faith involved in that. And once we take that step of faith, things begin to change. And that's when the chains fell off. That's when, uh, you know, when his father, the man you were describing, went down to help, probably thinking, what am I doing going to help? We don't even have any fuel for our house. But that's when everything happened. And And it's thinking out of the box and, and allowing God to work in the way that He chooses. And I, it's just so powerful, uh, those testimonies. And I know as you're listening today, you're thinking, oh, well, wait a minute, this, this is a little bit on the edge. No, it's not. We're talking about the Scripture, we're talking about human life, we're talking about all of history and the present day. And I want to give you a phone number. This is our number, toll-free, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. You call us up. 
because we're glad to hear your questions. We're glad to receive your prayer requests. We're glad to pray with you that God will intervene in whatever circumstance you may find yourself where you need some deliverance. I'll give you the number again at the end of our broadcast, but for now, write it down, 1-800-757-8439. As we've been talking about the story of Peter being delivered from jail in Acts chapter 12, Jay, mm-hmm. we've talked about Peter and how he had to get out of his box. He had to actually open his eyes and accept the fact This is God intervening through an angel to set me free. And we can all experience, I believe, God's deliverance, God's intervening grace, even as Peter did, though it may come in a different form. Don't be averse to thinking, maybe God's going to send an angel to help. Mm -hmm. But there's some other characters in the story who also have to get out of their box. And these are the people that Peter's going to visit when he's set free. He runs down the streets of the city. It's after dark. He's coming to terms with the reality, I'm actually literally free. I cannot believe this, but God has set me free out of the yoke of Roman prison, out of guards who were chained to me. I'm free. He runs down to go to the house of trusted friends, the mother of John Mark. They're having a Bible study, and he beats on the door. And Rhoda, we don't know anything about Rhoda, except she's a young woman in the community of faith there. She comes to the door, hears his voice, and can't believe it. She runs back, doesn't even open the door. (laughs) Peter's at the door. And the people inside in the Bible study who've been praying for their friend Peter, who are lifting him up before heaven, who are begging God to do something, can't believe that God actually did something. Or God didn't react in the way they thought he would. Ah, He's exceeded and surpassed their expectations. They're just in stunned shock. No way. It can't even be him. Then they make this curious pass. Oh, it must be his angel. There was a belief that everybody had a kind of angel that was like a double. And it can't really be him because we know he's locked up. And all the while, Peter is knocking at the door. You know what Peter's doing? He keeps knocking and he's as much as saying, will you get out of your box of your small faith and let me in? I'm standing out here in the cold. And this idea of getting out of our box to understand that God does intervene supernaturally. And God didn't intervene on their behalf, although it was in response to their prayers in part. Mm -hmm. But for us to be able to acknowledge that God has worked in someone else's life in ways that we did not anticipate, that we did not ourselves determine, but that God did. And they may be able to experience the power of God in a way we never thought possible. And we have to be careful we don't just dismiss that and say, oh, that's not possible. Oh, that can't be real. And leave those people standing outside the door knocking. That's a great point, Jim. I So often in my pastorate, I challenge people, if they're praying for someone, if they're praying for themselves, if they're praying for a situation, to first pray specifically, as I've been taught, but then step two is, are you looking for the answer? Are you looking for a answer? Or are you looking for the only one that you'll accept? Because you'll miss how God is calling you out of the box and uh, the wonder of how he works. I think it's so important for us to uh, to pray, but then also to let God know that we are looking for an answer, his answer, and that can come in many different ways. And I just had lunch today with someone who was inquiring about a story they heard me tell some time ago. But, you know, I had a moment some years ago where I went at the end of a service to pray. I had a very heavy burden on my heart, and I prayed there, kneeling down before God and said, Lord, this is my box. This is my prison. I don't know what to do with it. And consequently, I felt like God heard my prayer, but I didn't really expect an answer. And later that week, 
I officiated a funeral, and at the end of the funeral, at the graveside, in the fog, a woman appeared that I'd never seen before, and she came up out of the fog after everyone had left. I'm standing at the grave, watching them cover over the casket, which is what pastors do. Mm. And, and this woman comes up to me, and she says, are you Jim Lyon? I said, yes. She said, the Lord has a word for you. And I thought, oh, brother, <laughs> you know, we all have these people who walk into our yes. lives who imagine themselves to be the channels of heaven. I've had some of that falsely, and mm -hmm. I was a little skeptical. But she then gave me an answer to my prayer. She described a scenario where she had to know what I was praying about, but I had not told anyone. I had not even told my wife. I had disclosed to no one, and she knew what I prayed for, and she gave me an answer. She forecast some events in a series of three things. I'll never forget it. And two of those things have come to pass, and the third is not yet, and I don't feel at liberty to describe it to anyone until that third thing happens. But I'll tell you what, having had two fulfilled, I'm watching for the third. Yes. Now, the reason I'm sharing this story is I have another brother who today still believes that an angel spoke to me. I believe that. Not everyone can accept that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they would just as soon leave me out of the door knocking, saying that's not possible. <laughs> that's right. But when you're the person who's having this moment of, you might say, deliverance, and there's someone else who says, I believe in that same God, mm -hmm. there is real healing power in that. So I want to encourage all of our listeners. Maybe you're not the one in prison, but someone in your world is. Believe that God can set them free. Don't doubt that. Wherever you are in life right now, whatever your story, whatever your journey, we want you to know God knows you by name. He knows exactly where you are, and he knows you're familiar, and he knows your comfort zone, and he knows that he can take you out of it and give you life. And so today, before we go, we want to invite you to pray with us. Just take a moment and bow your life before God. Surrender your life into his hand and see what happens next. Our Father, we're so thankful for the testimony of Peter, for the testimony of the New Testament church, for the record of the Acts of the Apostles, for the New Testament, for the revealed word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that strives within us now, and we thank you for your Son, Jesus. May we be a people, Lord, who live in the concept and in the knowledge of the supernatural, of the divine, gracious intervention of our Father in heaven, you, Lord. We thank you for angels. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for ordering our steps. And Lord, may we never miss a blessing because we would not get out of our box. May we, Lord, trust you and watch for you and believe in you. I pray that everyone who is joining us in this prayer will, in the next 30 days, see a gesture from heaven that will reassure them that their God is working for their good. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, here's the number I gave you earlier. Write it down again. Give us a call. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. And Jay, if someone did not want to give us a call but preferred instead to check us out online, what web address would they look for? I think that they would want to go to cbhviewpoint.org. That's right. CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. Viewpoint.org. That's who we are. CBH. And... As you go there, you can read about the ministry. You can also send us an email. We will reply. Or if you prefer at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint. Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you give us a call, go online, or use the post, let us hear from you this week. Jay, once more, congratulations. So proud to know you. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me today. And thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to walk through the Acts of the Apostles and think about what it might mean for us today to get out of our box. 
for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.